Hi, this is JJ Hornblast. Welcome to the weekly wrap uh, for Bank Innovation. And for the week of May 11, it is May 15, and I'm pleased to be joined uh, by my colleague, Rick Morgan, um, for our weekly roundup. Uh, a busy week um, still within the uh, coronavirus pandemic period. Um, but deals started happening this week, it seemed, uh, in the fintech space. Uh, one of the deals that you wrote about uh, this week was a deal between KeyBank and uh, ITRON um, it, uh, around uh, funding for smart city applications. So how does that business or that opportunity fit into KeyBank's uh, business and business model? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. So I had never heard of key equipment financing before this week, but basically it's an arm of the bank that's just dedicated towards funding, um, you know, these different equipment finance projects that they have, whether it be in uh, healthcare or technology or education. Um, but a big part of it is government finance, like financing projects that governments want to take on, whether that be they have a federal level and they also have a municipality level. Um, and so KeyBank really wanted to get more into um, financing cities that are trying to sort of upgrade their utility infrastructures um, and to make them more energy efficient, more cost efficient. Uh, and ITRON, which is a company in Spokane, Washington, um, does exactly that. So they're basically partnering with ITRON to basically get a foothold in that game um, to sort of... Um, to create those relationships with different cities so that they can help uh, meet their financing needs for some of these probably very expensive utilities projects that these cities want to take on. It would seem, Rick, that this is going to be a, a real post-crisis opportunity mm -hmm. as many municipalities, state governments, and so on are going to be pursuing kind of, you know, the 2020 the year 2020 version of the new deal, I would think. Yeah, they meant, you know, there's still, uh, it seems like they're still sort of figuring out in Congress what municipalities are gonna get in terms of, um, uh, you know, a stimulus package. You know, we've seen the small business stimulus package, the one for consumers. Um, I think they're still working out exactly how it's gonna look for cities, but obviously when they get that uh, funding, one thing they're gonna wanna do is figure out, okay, how can we make our cities more energy efficient, more cost efficient, how can we make our utilities companies not check light bulbs on like a regular random sort of right now they're basically, you know, you check street lights on the schedule and you waste, I don't know how many hours checking street lights that are working. Whereas if you upgrade with something like iTron, you have it in a centralized hub and you can literally just see what street lights are out and it saves a lot of time, a lot of energy. Uh, and they have similar programs for water, for gas. So it could be a good way for cities to sort of, you know, prepare themselves for the long term and save money in the, you know, five, 10, 15 year span. Yeah. Uh, RBC hit a milestone with its Ask Nomi uh, mm -hmm. uh, application. Uh, first off, tell us a little bit about the application, but also sure. uh, what, what does this uh, milestone say about automation at banks? Well, uh, so Nomi, for, for people who aren't familiar, is basically this personal assistant that, that RBC has. Um, you know, it gives budgeting tips, it gives you spending analysis on your cash, and they have one for small businesses. 
Uh, and it's always been sort of a, a, fun, a little interactive tool, but they basically, and with pretty little fanfare, launched the ability to actually interact with it and ask it questions, uh, make it more of an interactive chatbot, uh, and they call that Ask Nomi. Um, and it wasn't, they didn't really, um, you know, broadcast that out very much that they launched this feature, but they kind of launched it right around the time the COVID pandemic was really um, taking off around mid-March. And they already hit 1 million questions answered um, in just a two month span. So I think it kind of shows that consumers are a little bit weary of, or uh, a little bit you know, nervous about their finances. So they're probably asking a lot of questions. You know, um, one of the big things it does is it breaks down, you can ask it how much you're spending on X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think a lot of consumers right now are probably you know, reevaluating re their finances and asking, okay, how much am I spending on coffee? Or how much am I spending on Ubers that I don't need to take? Um, and that's probably part of the reason why it's, it's gained so much traction in a short amount of time. In terms of automation at banks, um, you know, I think it shows that if you have the ability to create um, a tool that can sort of seamlessly handle customer interactions uh, that isn't clunky and isn't choppy, um, it can save your customer service reps a lot of time because those 1 million um, questions that it answered, uh, I mean, who knows? I don't know how many of them would have gotten dialed up to actually calling a customer service rep, but I'm sure a good number of them. So I, who knows how many hours that's saving the bank. Sure. I mean, do you, do you, how does this fit into the notion of relationship banking? Uh, it seems like from RBC's standpoint that this is, they see it as maybe a potential cornerstone for developing, you know, relationships, as it were, uh, with their customers. But what, what's your view? Uh, I think it shows. Yeah, it, it's it's a good way to personalize uh, your app or your your digital banking without having to um, create a bunch of different apps. Uh, and it, it, it's an ability to, uh, you know, create this sort of personalized experience for each customer every time they log in. Um, whether that be, you know, RBC has been, been working on this a lot and we're, we're going to have more on this actually looking ahead to the next week, but we'll get, um, but basically they're, they're really working to create an app that's different for every person. So we're not all logging in and getting the same thing whenever we, you know, log into RBC, um, you know, they have an investment edition that you can, um, use, they have uh, a mobile student edition that you can use. They have a small business version and these are all housed within the same app. So you don't have to download um, a totally new, um, new app on your phone to do it. They just kind of create a, one app that revolves around the customer as best as it can. And Nomi is a big part of that. Um, but that's, it's, um, I think it shows that, you know, consumers do kind of want they all have very unique needs and the, the, the more you can cater to that, the more they're going to interact with your banking app. So the, so the, the notion of mobile banking apps for everyone. Yeah, exactly. But without having to create a bunch of different apps and somehow have uh, an app that can morph around the consumer. Um, it's, it's hard to do, but um, there are people out there trying to do it. Okay. And uh, Sequoia, one of the, uh, the leading uh, VC firms out West, Mm -hmm. Made a fourteen point uh, five million dollar bet this week on Vise, a startup mm -hmm. um, in the investment space that was started by um, a couple of teenagers. It would seem so. Yep. I guess that's yep. a, that's a uh, kind of a blast from the past dynamic. Um, why? Why the bet? 
Uh, well, they're doing something that's pretty unique. Um, you know, the, the robo-advisor space has gotten a lot of attention and a lot of funding. And I, I think, you know, that's been written about to death. But um, they're kind of one of the, the first companies out there to create a robo-advisor that actually helps human advisors. It's really a, this human digital approach where they're not marketing to consumers at all, basically. They're marketing their product to advisors so that advisors can um, cut down on the amount of time they spend building a portfolio for their clients. So instead of spending two hours building a portfolio for each client, they can do it in like 30 seconds with this platform that basically takes in all of the client's needs, uh, all of their family situation, their work situation, uh, how much money they have, how much money they want to retire with, whether or not they have kids going to college, et cetera. Um, and it spits out a personalized portfolio for them in 30 seconds. Um, and you know, they're, they're targeting sort of higher net worth individuals, they're targeting people with co uh, complicated financial lives. Um, so they're kind of attacking a new space with AI um, in terms of wealth management that a lot of other companies haven't touched yet. So uh, I think Sequoia probably saw that and wanted to get in on the ground floor and see where it could go. And they already count Schwab and TD Ameritrade uh, sub-advisors as clients. So um, clearly they, they, they have something that people are interested in. Yeah. Uh, so what's on, on tap for next week at Bank Innovation? Uh, we have a few different projects we're working on. Uh, we're looking at some specific use cases of community financial institutions and credit unions that are um, launching new technologies and integrating new technologies to sort of create a more customized user experience. Um, and those are from all over the country and in a variety of different, you know, uh, different technologies, whether it be core technologies or um, new tools uh, in terms of the robo-advising space. Some community financial institutions are getting into that. Um, and yeah, payments is another one that we're looking at. Uh, and then we're going to take a deeper dive into RBC uh, and how they sort of are um, personalizing their app based on every consumer. Rick, thanks a lot. Appreciate yeah, it. It's been Great a good week. time with you. And thanks everyone for joining us. Oh, we'll see you next time. And Great. see thanks, you on, on bankinnovation.net. See you next week.